How are we all? All right. Oh, isn't God good? Just to be in his presence together is overwhelming and uh, such a delight, such a privilege. Um, I I, I love it. Uh, Just a couple of things before I get started, or three things actually. The first one is this. Um, You know, we're praying for a building and uh, the council have been uh, making buildings available to different charity groups for a while now and one has become available in uh, Newport Road. It's Newport Road Neighborhood Center. Um, it's just a, not, it's very close, within half a mile of the church office. So we feel it right to put a bid in for that. Uh, do pray about that. We're wanting God's best for us. One of the things we have in, in our history is that Julian Adams prophesied about a building, and he, one of the things he prophesied was it would be a, a building come to us that, had, that belonged to the local authority. And um, it's just a clue. Uh, what we're wanting is God's best, and, and so what we're, we're doing is praying for it. Okay, so the bid goes in on Tuesday. We want to do that well, and if we then get accepted, then we begin to explore the whole thing, what it means, what it looks like, uh, and everything. We're not committing ourselves uh, fully yet. We've got to explore it once we, we begin the dialogue. But do pray for it, please. That's what I'd like. And your prayer teams, and pray for God's best, because we want our own home, don't we? But it's not just about us having our own home. It's about us having a facility from which we can serve the community and make a real difference in all sorts of ways. It's really what we're about. And so, please pray. Okay? I was, I was, I've been praying about it this week and thinking, God, I, 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 we just have to stick in the bid and leave it to you. And I, I was reading my daily reading book and it just said, the battle is the Lord's, not yours. And, and I, I thought, yeah, you know what? We, we, we just give it to God and for, we're being led by the Spirit here. We ask God and, and we just want him to continue leading us through this. So would value your prayers very much for the next while, right through to, next, uh, to the prayer meeting next Sunday and so on. And you can pray for Jean and I too because we won't be here next Sunday. We're going to Turkey on holiday. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Suffering for Jesus in the sunshine. Um, <laughs> A couple of other things. On May the 20th, Sunday, May the 20th, uh, Ian Portwine, who is on staff at Emmanuel Church Durham, will be coming to preach uh, and do a whole thing on the healing community, church as the healing community. And uh, I think he'll be bringing some guys with him and we'll be having a particular focus on healing that morning. So that's something to look forward to. That's on the 20th of May. And then on the 17th of May, we have a very special guest preacher Jeremy's coming. Okay? And uh, we've been trying to make this happen for ages. A bit, did I say July? Sorry. Uh, I meant June, 17th of June. It's the 27th, is it? No, it's not the 27th. It's, it's really, it's as slick as anything. Um, I'm sure, well, have you got us there? I'm sure it's... No, I'm sure it's the 17th. Yes, it is, because it's the day after the, the mail vote. Yes, it's the 17th, definitely the 17th. And Jackie's on holiday. That's why she hasn't got it right in her diary. Um, so on the 17th of June, Jeremy's coming. And it'd just be great, you know, to have Jeremy and Anne here. I, I, they've got a real history here. They've planted it. And I just would like us to make a real fuss of them that day in every way. I'd like us to bring out all the troops, make sure everybody's here, and just really thank them and honor them and bless them in every way we can, because it's just a joy, you know? Well, I think it's going to be a joy. I, I, 
you know, I appreciate when you've had a leader who's gone on to like me in Bedford, you know, I've gone and they've forgotten, who was that? I can't remember his name. It's that sort of thing. But there's a principle of honoring leadership and honoring ministry. And I just want us to honor Jeremy and Anne and make a big fuss of them that day. Okay? Right, the community of God, part one. Um, we're beginning a new series today on the community of God. And over the next few weeks, we'll be looking at what it means to be the community of God, its nature, its calling, uh, how we are part of it, what it means for us, all that sort of thing. And we'll be preaching through that. Today, I just want to try and set the scene uh, because it, it's, it's vital, really, for us to understand what God's plan is if we're to understand community. We, we talk community, but we need to understand the nature of the community we're a part of. Understand the, the church. So that my first point is the start of the story of God's community. Why have I put it that way and not just called it the story? Because it's the, I'm, I'm, I'm going right back to the beginning of the start of a story that is still being written. Okay? A story began with Abraham, and it's still being written. And we're part of it. Hence, I put it that way. Right at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis 12, 1 to 3, the Lord said to Abraham, leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. All the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And then after many years, this people of Abraham finish up in Egypt. By then, they've gone through Isaac and Jacob, okay? But they finish up in Egypt because of a severe famine. Do you remember the story? It's around the time of Joseph. You know Joseph with his many, coat of many colors? There's a musical about it if, you want to, if you'd rather watch that than read the Bible. But I suggest the Bible's better, okay? You might even sing the songs. I've even seen it twice years ago. Jason Donovan was in it. Anyway... <laughs> I haven't got time to open up the story right now, but you understand, this was a people of God's choosing. Starts with a man. It grows and grows. He is the promise of God that, that all the nations of the world will be blessed through him. And so this people grow, and this people grow. They finish up in Egypt. At first they're welcomed. They prosper greatly. But then a king, a pharaoh, who didn't know Joseph and much of the history, he comes to the throne. He decides the people of God are doing too well, growing much too quickly, so he then makes the Jewish people slaves. That was their situation for a long time, well over a hundred years. Most of us, again, know the story, I hope, of Moses in the bulrushes, born to a Jewish lady, taken by, by Pharaoh's daughter, brought up as her own child, grows up as a prince of Egypt, kills a, a soldier, runs away, finishes up as a shepherd in Midian. Yeah? And then he comes when he's 80. He's 80. <laughs> Hope for me yet. All right? He's 80, and he encounters a bush on fire, which isn't being destroyed. That's awesome. Okay? Do you remember the story? Yeah, good. Well, this is what happened. Moses says to, God says to Moses, go and take my people out of Egypt. I want to set them free. You're to lead them. And so reluctantly he does that. And it says in Exodus 13, 21 and 22, 
This is what happened. They come out of Egypt. It says, By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. By night a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Exodus 33, 15 and 16, we read this. Then Moses says to God, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Then in Exodus 25, God tells Moses to have the Ark of the Covenant made. Basically, it's a wooden box covered in gold. God says, have, make two golden cherubim, one at each side of the top, golden top, cherubim either side, and the space between the cherubim is known as the mercy seat. This is the place where God, Moses would meet with God. And God told Moses then to make a special, a special tent called a tabernacle. <coughs> the tent had an inner chamber called the Holy of Holies where the box was kept. Once Moses received the Ten Commandments, they were kept in this box. These were God's chosen people, and God's presence was symbolized by the pillar of fire, the pillar of cloud, and this box called the Ark of the Covenant. God was always present with his people. That was the thing that distinguished them from every other group on the earth. God was there. A people chosen for his glory and for his purposes on the earth. And we read about their history all the way through, all the way through the Old Testament. Excuse me. Getting a bit dry. Now you might think, yeah, we know all that, Paul. Well, I didn't want to presume you did, so I thought I'd go through it. But in Deuteronomy 7, verse 6, we read this about this people in the Old Testament. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the earth, on the face of the earth, to be his people, his treasured possession. These people were God's community, his dwelling place on the earth. Have we got that? Are we okay with that? You're allowed to say yes. Okay. Then God invited us to be a part of this community. God's plan was never just about the nation of the Jews. God's plan was to have a people from every nation, every tribe, not just one. Revelation 5, 9, and they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. So at just the right time, Jesus, the Son of God, was born into this nation of the Jews. The Bible actually calls him the seed of Abraham. Okay? He lived a sinless life. He revealed the love, the grace, the mercy of God. He worked miracles and he demonstrated the coming kingdom of God. He proclaimed the coming kingdom. And he died on a cruel cross, paying the price for the sin of all mankind forever. From then on, anyone from any nation who put their trust in Jesus was born again as a child of God and became part of the people of God on the earth. Okay? That's why we had, we had apostles, some for the Jews but some for the Gentiles, because it 
from now on, the gospel, the call of God to have a community was for the whole earth, not just one nation. So it's very important. It's vital if we, to, to understand Scripture. It's vital to understand some of the errors that are being taught today. And so the Apostle Peter writes in his letter to the church which is scattered throughout the world. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. Like newborn babes crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, Jesus the living stone rejected by man but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, okay? Whatever nation we're from, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. And a stone that causes men to stumble and a, a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. I just, that's one of the, my favorite bits of scripture I've just read to you. You know, I, doesn't it kind of get under your skin? It gets under mine. You are a chosen people a royal priesthood. He's talking to us. Jubilee, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. That's you. It's you and I. Chosen from all different nations. Isn't it great? I love the international nature of Jubilee. Isn't it wonderful? You know what? I, I prophesy it will become even more international. It will become even more international as the years and the, the months and the years go on. I, I guarantee it. It's, it's what God has for us. We're to be a light shining out as an example of what it means to be multicultural, multicolored, glorious for Jesus from every tribe and nation. And we're to live it out and show what it means. And it's wonderful. It's glorious. I'm thrilled to be part of it. I really am excited to be part of it. It, it, it means more to me than I can tell you. And so my third point. I've got on quite quick, but the next one's a bit long. What does this mean for Jubilee then? Okay, I've given you a very brief history of the community of God. I've given you the, the, the heart of God. What does it mean for Jubilee? We are part here, Jubilee Church Teesside, part of the community of God all over the earth, along with many other local churches in this area. Whatever country we're from, once we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we become a part of this people, this community. 
like no other community on the planet. It's amazing. The interesting thing is this. Today, we don't have a wooden box called the Ark of the Covenant. Today, we don't have a temple, a tent, or a special building. Even though we do have all sorts of cathedrals and things, it's not about buildings. Today, there's no pillar of fire or pillar of cloud. But today, we have the person of the Holy Spirit who indwells every child of God. We are still the habitation of God. We are still the people of God. He lives in us. We are his dwelling place on the earth. That makes us utterly unique. Do you get it? I hope you get it. I hope you get it because it, you understand what we're about when you get it. This is what it means. We're a part of God's purpose on the earth that started with Abraham to have a people for himself, a community in whom he lived. The city set on a hill that people look at and go, look at that, it's glorious, it's beautiful. God dwells there. We're part of that. That's what it means for Jubilee. The indwelling Holy Spirit sets us apart from all other groupings on the earth. You get all sorts of groupings, don't you? You get model railway societies. You get golf clubs. You get tennis clubs. You get all sorts of social action projects and people belonging to this, that, and the next thing. Nothing, nothing, nothing will ever come near the church. Nothing, nothing, nothing on the planet will stand the test of time except the church of Jesus Christ, the community of God in whom he dwells. That's the truth of it. Am I confident in the church? Absolutely. Because God dwells here. It's not about, oh, I wonder how it's going to be. Jesus builds it. We can't lose. We're part of this community. That was his plan from the beginning. Chosen in Christ before the creation of the world. It's wonderful. It's glorious. It's a privilege. It's worth celebrating. Yeah, it's nice. You might think, Paul, you always preach the same stuff. I assure you, I've got other stuff. But right now, I trust everything in me. God just keeps leading me this way. Because getting this in, in our DNA lets us do the other stuff properly. Okay? That makes sense. You see, if we don't get this issue of community, then the church comes, becomes a thing of, it needs to meet my need. It needs to heal my body. It needs to sort out my problem. It needs, it needs to make me feel better. I hope all of those things happen within church, but that's not the reason it exists. The church exists for his glory. The church exists for his honor. The church exists that his name may be famous all over the earth, that the, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. That's why the church exists. The church exists to take the gospel of the kingdom to the lost and dying world. And as many people have said, the church is the only organization that exists for the benefit of its non-members. We're not exclusive. We're inclusive. Full of the Holy Spirit. You get this, all the other bits of church work. Does God want to heal you today? Absolutely, God wants to heal you today because he loves you utterly and completely. Why does he want to bless you? Because he wants to do you good. He wants to demonstrate his love in your life and in my life. Why does he want to do that? So that you can shine for his glory.
Otherwise, we may as well just go to heaven now and be done with it. Anybody ready to go to heaven yet? Not many hands up there. Yeah. My mum's 93. Sorry, my, Jean's mum's 93. My mum's 90. And we had a, a family thing last week. Uh, week on Friday, week last Friday. And uh, my mum's 90 and I, I, she's, she's pretty frail. And she says, I'm, I'm really ready. I'm ready. I understand that. You know, I understand that. I guess I'm not quite ready yet myself, you know. I'm, but the day comes when you're ready to go and be with Jesus because you've, you've lived it. You've done it. You've shined for his glory. And the best thing for us to do then is to die and be with Christ. But until that time, we exist for his glory. Until that time, we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Until that time, we are to be people who, who God lavishes his love on, but he lavishes his love on us that we, we become a demonstration of his heart for the world. We become a demonstration of his grace and his mercy and his blessing. He wants to do us good. And you're thinking, oh, wow, look at God. He says, yeah, he wants to do it for you and you and you and you. And so that becomes the, we become, that's why there was healing and miracles. You know, in, in scripture, the miracles were never an end in themselves. They were a demonstration of the love of God. They were demonstrations of a kingdom coming where there's no sickness and no sign and no sorrow. Do, do you see it? It was always the bigger purpose. Now on the way, when you need healing and you're, you're hurting, then the immediate thing for you is if you've got a bad big toe, it'd be very nice if it's fixed. That, I understand that. And I'm not minimizing that. When God wants to heal you, he wants to bless you, he wants to do you good. But it's in the context. It's always in the context of being the people of his choosing. And he wants to lavish his love on the people of his choosing and that includes you and me and he's always choosing more don't you think it's great ah, I love it so we here at Jubilee are part of his global community and as such we're to be a people of I may have done this with you once before but I, I can't remember so you got it again is that alright because it'd be a people of praise, of pa power, of prayer, of passion, of purpose, of principle, and perseverance. Isn't that good? All peace. God gave me that years ago. I just wrote it down. One of those times you just pray and you go boop, 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 and he gave it, gives it. So I'm going to take you through these seven things. Being a people of praise, praise and worship, praising and worshiping God will always be the main occupation of the community of God. He always has first place. When we come together, we worship. We come together, we give him glory. I had people say to me, why do you sing the songs over and over again? Because he's worthy of singing over and over again. And you know what? It's biblical. Have a look at Revelation. Over and over again, day after day after day, they sing the same songs. If you can't cope with it now, don't go to heaven. Simple. Praise and worship. Giving. It, you see, it isn't singing a song. It's expressing something in here to him. It's a giving. It's a, oh God, I love you. It's not, oh, we sang a nice song today. No, no, we didn't. We worship him. We proclaim him. We declare him. We love on him. We delight in him. It's all the same thing. It's, oh, you are worthy, Lord. And you know what? You think, well, I don't feel those things. You know what? Your feelings will get in line with the choices you make. If you're waiting to feel it, it's the wrong way around. Start doing it 
Start doing it. Make the choices. And you know what? Your feelings get in line with the choices you make. That's taking responsibility. We can all praise and worship God and give Him glory, and that's our calling. Very important. It doesn't mean just singing songs, though. It's all about living lives that give praise to God as we live such good lives that people see our good deeds and give praise and glory to God because he has seen fit to set his community among them. Also, we are to be a people of power. Every person constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit equips the community of God to do the works of Jesus. Are we up for that? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The one who filled Jesus, the person of the Holy Spirit, and enabled Jesus to do the miracles, is the one who fills you and I. Not just yesterday, but today. He said, fill me today, Lord. Fill me today. That's my prayer. Fill me today. Imagine all of us, full of the Holy Spirit every day. Are we equipped then as a body to do the works of Jesus? Yes, we are. That's our calling. That's, what we're, we're, that, 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 that's why we're his community, full of power. Interesting thing happened to me this morning. The last two days, I've had a, a bad back. A bit of sympathy wouldn't hurt at this point. Thank you. Right. Last, last two days, last three days, particularly two days, you know, just couldn't get up out of a chair and, you know, everything was difficult. And it was this morning. And uh, I got here this morning, Chris and John prayed for me. And then I was sitting there and I suddenly felt some hot, sweaty palms on my back. And I couldn't think who it was. It was Mike, as it happened in the end, I found it. But, but interesting, interesting thing, as he prayed, he just laid his hands all down my back. I, I, felt, I felt pain just begin to ease. I just, I just felt it begin to ease. And he just kept doing it. And, and when he'd finished, it still hurt. But I'm, when I'm, and it ached slightly, but I'm aware 90% of the pain has gone this morning. Right, as Mike laid his hands on me. Now, it's a, that's being part of a healing community. That's, that's Mike full of the Spirit imparting the power of God into my life. And we're here for each other all the time for that. It's right, not just the special me praise for you, but it's one another full of the Holy Spirit operating, being like Jesus to one another and to the world. Isn't that exciting? God. I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. Imagine standing at the door of casualty. They're going to the hospital. You don't need that. Just let me pray for you. Actually, usually, I've seen this happen. You usually get people to come out. And they're as bad as they were when they went in, but now they've got a tablet, right? I'm not despising hospitals, by the way. I, I believe in them 100% right I've been in a few times but but what happens is you get them on the way out and say can I pray for you and God heals them and go wow now that is happening today that is happening all over the place particularly in Bedford King's Arms in Bedford are doing this sort of stuff it's treasure hunting type stuff all the time they are seeing amazing miracles and healings and you might think oh Lord and I think oh Lord that's how I feel I think, oh, do I feel inadequate totally but what I feel is this it's not about being superstars. 
And it's not about us just having one or two key people who go and do this stuff. It's about being a people who do the stuff. It's about being a people full of the Holy Spirit in whom God dwells. And so any child of God can lay hands on the sick. Any child of God can be there and ask the blessing of God. Now, some people have different gifts, different healing, different all the rest of it. But we are a community. We are a people of power. And we need to believe it. Then we are to be a people of prayer. Prayer is the foundational weapon in the armor of God's community. In 2 Corinthians 10.4, the Apostle Paul says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they, are, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. In Ephesians 6.17 and 18, he says this, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for the saints prayer, we have to be a praying people. I want to I up that and up that and up that. We, the number one thing I want Jubilee to be known about is that we are a praying people. Prayer moves the hand of God. It's not about how you feel. Prayer moves the hand of God. If you're not in a prayer team, please get into a prayer team. If you can't find anyone who wants to be in a prayer team, well, if you can't join another one, find somebody else who's not in one and start one. Okay, but get into prayer teams and pray and call on God and call on God then go to bed and sleep nights and then get up in the morning and we can keep calling on God and you know what? He answers prayer. Because he's God. I think that's great. We have to be a people of passion. How's your passion? How's your... Yeah, so I want to ask Raj. Was... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> How's your passion? Have you got any passion? Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> I, I've discovered it, it's very easy as you get older to find your passion drains away. I'm not talking physically now, though. <laughs> Life does change a little. Um, <laughs> passion for Jesus. And his kingdom is what motivates the community of God. What motivates you? Passion for Jesus and his kingdom is what motivates the community of God. Our Jubilee logo says we're a people who are passionate for God, passionate for people, and passionate for change. Are we? Yes. Which bit? <laughs> not change. Excellent. No, that's ex exactly. You see, we're passionate for God. I can cope with that. I'm passionate for people. Well, some of them. And I don't like change much. That's the reality of most people's experience. I, I, I'm passionate for some people because they're nice. But some of the others, God. You haven't given me grace for that. Right? <laughs> And Lord, I don't like change very much because I, I like predictability. Am I speaking to anybody? You know what? Change is here to stay. Has Jubilee changed in the last two years? Yes. Will it continue to? Yes. If you like it, if you want a comfortable ride, find somewhere else. I don't mean, well, I don't mean uh, 
go away. What I mean is this. If you want to stay static, you won't be comfortable. Because we're not going to stay static. We're going to keep moving forward. We're going to keep pressing on. We're going to be led by the Spirit. It's a big adventure. I keep saying to people, people I know all over the country, some have come, actually. But I keep saying, come and join the adventure. And some people look at me as I've got three heads. But some have come, and some are coming. And it's, it's, it's just, and I'll say it, you know, I, I want to say it to all the church leaders I meet locally, but I can't say, come and join the adventure, because that that's sheep stealing. So what I say to them is, let's do the adventure together then. And they're going, yeah, let's do it. So we pray together every Tuesday morning. And the elders of, of MCC and us meet together to pray. Just, they're over the moon about that. I was talking to Terry Young. He's like, wow, that was just a glorious evening. There'll be more such evenings because we are together on an adventure in God. But it will mean change. Passionate for God and passionate for people. That means, God, give me your heart for the lost. Give me your heart for those who are difficult. Give me your love for the unlovely. Because I want to have your passion. I want to know the passion that put Jesus on the cross. I want to know it in my heart. I want to know it in my life. I want to weep with Jesus over the lost. It's too easy to look. We watch them on the television and it's voyeurism and we watch and go, oh, look, isn't that terrible? Isn't that tragic? Isn't that awful? We turn the telly off. We don't think about it again. And then we turn it on and we watch, oh, it's a bit more tragedy and a bit more bad news. But you know what? Jesus weeps over every situation. He weeps over every bit of suffering and pain and heartache. And we are called to make a difference. We are called to weep with him and be involved with him. That's the thing. Does God need to do a work in my heart? Yes. And my heart, my answer to him is, Lord, I'm very willing. Keep changing me, please. Because passionate for change is not change just around us. It's change in us. I am passionate to be more like Jesus every day. But you know what? I am passionate for you to be more like Jesus every day. And I don't mean that as a pointing finger, but my passion, my desire, what motivates me is to see the people of God be who they can be and fulfill their calling and potential. That's my passion. That's my calling. So I preach my heart out with this stuff saying, come on, there's more for you and there's more for you and there's more for you and there's more for you. Don't settle for less than God has for you. We're not spectators who come to church every Sunday. We're not spectators who come and listen to a sermon. We're not spectators who do a bit of work here and a bit of work there and then watch the telly the rest of the time. We are the people of God 24-7. All the time. A people of passion. How's your passion today? We have an enemy And his main tactic in trying to defeat us is to steal our joy and our passion and have us dwell in misery. Anybody feel a bit miserable? I can feel miserable. I had a bad back. I was miserable. Not too miserable. I thought I was doing quite well, but Jean didn't. You know, when you groan as you get out of the chair, she'll go, here we go again. You know, that sort of thing. (laughs) His main tactic is to try and 
He wants to steal our our joy and our passion. You know what? The only one who will sustain our joy and passion is Jesus himself. Christine brought a word about actually saying, thank you, Lord, for the problems. Thank you, Lord, for the difficulties. It's not like you're relishing pain. uh, You know, he was nasty to me. Thank you, Lord. But actually, it is an opportunity to grow. It is an opportunity to say, Lord, teach me how to love the unlovely. Teach me how to be biblical. Teach me how to forgive. Teach me how to grow in my character. Teach me more and more how to keep my passion and my joy. My, my bit of a hero, Watchman Nee, I mentioned him uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think. A Chinese guy, uh, born in I don't know, the 20s, 30s, something like that. Uh, hugely significant in China hugely significant in China. We have lots of his books transcribed from messages and that sort of thing and sermons he did. And they're wonderful books. He was put in prison in 1948. Okay, he was released from prison in the uh, mid-50s, I think. He, he, uh, no, he was put in 43, I think he was put in prison. It was 20-odd years he was in prison for his faith in China. And just before he was released, he used to be able to send letters out occasionally. He, was not allowed to, he wasn't allowed a Bible and he wasn't allowed to talk about Jesus. But at the end of the letter, the last letter he wrote before he came out of prison was this. I retain my joy. 28 years without fellowship, without a Bible, but I retain my joy. That's the secret. Where does it come from? Where do we get our joy from? We get it from Jesus. He's the only one who will sustain us. I can't do it, Raj can't do it, your friends can't do it, whatever the situation, by all means we'll love you, we'll care for you, we'll pray for you, but at the end of the day, the person who will satisfy your soul is Jesus and nobody else. He's the only one that satisfies the soul. He's the only one that gives me joy. He's the only one that keeps me going. Literally, he's the only one that keeps me going. I am prone at times to being depressed. I don't, I'm not radically depressed, but I do feel a low... I've had to learn over the years. What do you do with that? I just have to press into Jesus. I have to make the right choices. I press into Jesus. I read the word. And I preach my heart out. And I retain my joy. And it's amazing. And it all comes from him. It all comes from him. And it's the same for all of us. There's an abundance. There's an abundance of blessing. There's an abundance of love. There's a, an abundance of comfort. There's an abundance of healing. There's an abundance of joy for every child of God. That's true. I would encourage us all to be pressing into God for ourselves in these days. Then, God wants us to be a people of purpose. God wants his community, each local church, to be clear as to its calling and purpose and then work steadfastly towards it. Our vision document says that our mission, sorry, our purpose or, or our mission, if you like, I think I call it mission, is to receive the presence of God. You should know all this. Reach everyone with the love of God. Release God-given wholeness and potential. And restore relationships through God-centered communities. That's still our mission. It doesn't change. It doesn't go away. That's partly why we're developing community groups. Restore relationships through God-centered communities. What we call big groups are now community groups. And these community groups will grow and they will develop and they will multiply. Some of our community groups will be geographically based. 
Some will be based around mission. The key thing is that our community groups are to be God-centered. That's the, the number one thing, our God-centered with strong godly relationships among the people. Each community group will have its own leader and core leadership team. Each group will look to define its own local mission and purpose as we work out God's call on Jubilee together. There will be a variety between the groups. I think that's a great thing. Even down to how, when they meet. Some groups will we meet weekly. Some may decide to meet monthly as a big group together, this community, but then meet in prayer teams for the other three weeks. I don't really mind. There may be a, a whole variety of different ways we do it. The object is to, to fulfill our mission and our calling and to have a relationship together and grow. Okay? They'll be diverse. We have to build our structures around the life of God, not squeeze the life of God into structures we give it. Is that okay? You say, what's that look like, Paul? I don't really know. <laughs> Not all of it. I know what we've got right now. Impact. It's our student and teens group. Where's Matt Maud? Oh, there you are. Stand up. <laughs> this guy with his team lead the Impact Community Group. You had a good time then. And you know what? I'm going to embarrass Matt. Loads of emails come in saying Matt was absolutely fantastic. What he taught was absolutely fantastic. It's brilliant. They're over the moon with Matt. Well done, Matt. Excellent. And so they went away and what they've done is come back even closer together and built into more community than they had before and motivated even more for mission. Go and get some more. Go and bring some more people into your community. That's the heart of it. Together on mission. It's not about meetings per se. It's about life. So well done. Really excited about that one. That's really great. But the others are doing well. Praise God for 22 guests on Alpha. Hallelujah. Don't you think that's good? <laughs> if I'm honest with you, right now I'm struggling to keep up with what God's doing. <laughs> People ask me questions, I have no idea. It's just that's the truth of it. It's like, I'm going on a holiday. That's where I'm at. It's very important, though, that our, we understand that our community groups are not in competition with one another. Rather, we are to work as communities together for the glory of God and the fulfillment of his purposes in Teesside. We stand together, not in competition. We're not trying to steal one. We're going to see how many people we can get. We're trying to say, what's our calling? What's our mission? Come and join us. Let's work together for his glory, just as the local churches in Teesside want to do the same. That's the heart of what we're about. Okay, then we're to be a people of principle, operating according to biblical principles and values, being principled and godly in our dealings with one another and the world. We are a word and spirit people. We will be led by the Holy Spirit, but we will always be rooted in God's word for our values and lifestyle. Okay? Led by the Spirit, but the Holy Spirit will always lead us in line with the word of God, not beyond the word of God. 
a word and spirit people, very principled in what we do, and committed to staying as such. And my last one of the seven is a people of perseverance. According to James, perseverance must finish its work so that we may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. When the going gets tough, which it surely will, one of the key things we need is perseverance. Jesus never promised us that life would be easy. In fact, he said, in this world you will have trouble. But then he went on to say, fear not, I've overcome the world. He also said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevent it. God wants a people who will persevere and get going when the going gets tough. Are we up for that? Uh, there was a very quiet response at that point. Are we up for getting going when the going gets tough? Because I want to be able to remind you of that when it gets tough. Because it will. And then I finish with a list of three things we must avoid at all costs. The first one is pride. Proverbs 16:18 says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. When God moves in a church, it's very easy to fall into pride, thinking that we must be better than the church up the road and God's anointing us. Jesus loves all of his church. It's an abomination to God to be proud about what we have. That means we take glory for ourselves rather than the glory that belongs to him. If we understand grace properly, we will always remember that we'll never, never earn God's blessing. He shows favor out of his own sovereign will and choice, and that alone. The only one who is to get glory to his name is Jesus. His name. He's the famous one. Next thing we're to avoid is procrastination. I wonder if you can spell it right. Procrastination means putting off until tomorrow things that should be done today. Any takers? No hands, but lots of heads. Procrastination renders a people impotent. A people full of good ideas, but for whom nothing ever happens. The problem is that tomorrow never comes, you see, and so God's best for his people can be missed. And you know what? This is important. This is worked out in the small things, not the big. It's about being faithful and loyal. It's about getting out of bed on time. It's about being at meetings. It's about being faithful in prayer. It's about being willing to get our hands dirty when required. I have a card on the wall of my study that says this. Vision without action is merely a dream. Action without vision just passes the time. But vision with action can change the world. And then the, other, the last one we want to avoid is passivity. It ties in really with our last point. Sometimes it's possible to use spiritual jargon to cover up passivity. The term, well right now we're just seeking God. What are you doing? I'm just seeking the Lord. I know I have a call to the mission field, so I'm just seeking the Lord until he gets me there. You know what? You'll never get there. If you've got a call to anywhere, if you've got a call to mission, if you've got a call to service, if you've got a call to anything, you need to get your hands dirty right now where you are and serve faithfully. You cannot be passive now and expect to be active somewhere else or later. 
I always say when I'm looking for leaders, I look for people who get their hands dirty, I look for people who put out chairs, who clean toilets, who serve faithfully behind the scenes. Because that's where the battle's won. So, Jubilee, we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that we may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once we were not a people, but now we are the people of God. Once we had not received mercy, but now, now we have received mercy. And it's new every day, every morning. Hallelujah. What a privilege to be part of the church here at Jubilee. Let's give ourselves to God's community here and live out our lives for his glory. Are we up for that? Let me pray for you. Then we'll take up our offering. We pray for healing and worship together. Lord, thank you. Thank you that community is on your heart. Thank you, Lord, that actually community starts in the Godhead. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, community, one God, three persons. You are totally in community, and you want us to have that same community feel. You build your community, your dwelling place on the earth, your habitation. Use us for your glory in our day, I pray. Lord, let's work out the detail of this. Show us what it means in practice, in all the different facets of church life. But Lord, we say, you are the one who is famous. You are the one who is mighty. You are the one who is glorious. We will bless your name all our days because you are magnificent and we're besotted with you. Rest upon us, Lord. Lead us into all you have for us in the coming months and years, I pray, for the glory of your name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Right. Let's stand. Let's worship. Let's take up our offering.